0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. (laughs)
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Zings it for the end zone, caught by Kelsey on a slant, touchdown! Kansas
0: City! According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Kate Kidaman, a three for the tie, off the backboard, and
2: done! Kate Kidaman,
0: Everything happening in the sports world.
2: As you know, Monty Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches: the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator.
0: And even some things not happening in the sports world.
1: I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, do. I feel I just feel like death warmed over <laughs> today. I really do.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
2: Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, he's got his red on, he's feeling good, it's post St. Patrick's Day now, isn't that the rule, you can wear red now, Mr. Steve Sell. I don't I'll wear no, red. No white after Labor Day, I'll, I'll wear no red no red until after St. Patrick's Day. I'll
1: wear red whenever I want to wear red. Steve, did you feel a little luck of
2: the Irish this weekend at any point? Oh, golf yeah. course. Oh, the golf course, exactly. Average everyday life. Oh, it was I had a great weekend at the golf course. Did I'm, you wear green? You nah. go With your green on green outfit? Come nah, on. Nah, no. You just save that for all the days that are not St. Patrick's I was Day. Say, I
1: need to stay warm and I don't have any green stuff that's really warm. So that that's more summer stuff for me. Well, Steve, it was a good weekend. It was our first real weekend
2: off and away from the office for a while. Did you get rested up? Did you watch a lot of
1: basketball? Did you play a lot of golf? What'd you do? I played 36 holes of golf. I was, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of wild. I, <laughs> I had a forty. 40- I had a, on Saturday. I, I thought you just met no, over the weekend. Yeah, that sa- was pretty wild. On Saturday, I'm like nine over par after eight holes. I'm going, what in the heck is going on here? Hoping that I said, I may shoot 90. And I end up breaking 80, so I was real happy about that. And then I played great yesterday. Um, really played well. And, and you know, it was nice to get out and get some exercise, get some fresh air, some, of course, sun therapy. Oh, of course. You know, I got to have that sun therapy. And, You know, it just makes me, gives me more of a positive outlook when I get sun therapy. Well, the other reason that I have a positive outlook, Steve, is this is
2: my absolute most favorite week of the year. And it started at 5 o'clock yesterday. 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, it's the selection show. You flip it over to CBS, you hear the music. There's Greg Gumbel. He's got the bracket ready to go. And that begins the best week of the year. And it goes a little bit later into the day on Sunday anyway. The week for me runs from Sunday at 5 o'clock until the following Sunday at about midnight that this is the best week of the year. The opening round of the NCAA tournament. I even love the play-in games. I'm a big fan of the play-in games in terms of them just being on. I don't really care about the product as much, but I love to watch them. I mean, I've never been more excited to watch North Carolina Central against North Dakota State, or the great matchup of Fairleigh Dickinson against Prairie View a and
1: I've never been so excited to watch well, those games. I, I think those are games I will probably pass up because I know I'm going to be watching a lot what of What else games. are you going to be doing?
2: Well, On a Tuesday or Wednesday night? Well, got soccer. Well, that that is what we'll be doing tomorrow night, right. which is crazy to think
1: that soccer's already come and we're well, ready what, to go. I think that's what Coach Adrian thinks too because I think he's had his... Some of his players for today will be their first day of practice because they had a buffer week unless they went to. Pra- I don't know. Last week maybe they went to practice, but it wasn't a great day to even have practice last week because it rained a lot of the days and it was cold. Finally, this week it's actually supposed to almost be spring like. It it's fitting, but it's good with March it, Madness. But beginning. It's, we're going to have some rain from the sounds of it. Well, sure,
2: Steve. We've got a lot to talk about today. I want to talk about the big move and the big news story that happened on Friday afternoon involving the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyreek Hill. You and I haven't even talked about that today, and I'd like to at least address it here in a couple of minutes. But first, the NCAA tournament, the way the bracket cooked. First off, I was very impressed with the way the committee handled the NCAA tournament this year and and selecting the teams. I believe in your column today at MidKansasOnline.com, you gave them credit for getting all four number ones correct all being placed in the right spot. But I didn't see a lot of problems with this bracket in general anywhere in terms of who shouldn't have made it, who should have made it, the first four in, the or the last four in, first four out. I, I saw no problems with anything this week, and maybe that's the first time I've been able to say that in a
1: long well, time. Well, you know, I think the reason for that is college basketball wasn't very good this year. And there's some teams that are in that probably should any other year they wouldn't be in Oklahoma comes to mind. I mean, let's face it. They're lucky to be in and you have to fill out the field. You got to have 68. So you got to put somebody in there. So uh, some of the teams that didn't make it, they really didn't have a gripe because they didn't have a good year. They were just hoping to kind of backdoor their way into the tournament. So, you know, I I thought they did a really good job. The number ones to me um, were who they should be. I mean, you got to look at the whole body of work. I know a lot is dependent on the tournaments uh, at the end of the year, but I like Gonzaga. You know, a lot of people say, oh, since they didn't win their tournament, you can't make them a number one. Well, they they beat Duke this year. They beat somebody else really good. I can't remember who it was. They beat Tennessee? Tennessee, yeah. They beat Tennessee. So, um, their body of work, they dominated their league. I think they won about every game, it seemed like, by double digits. Pretty much. Pretty much all year. And Duke, anybody that did the eyeball test this weekend – is there anyone doesn't Holy think? Holy cow! Does anybody really think right now Duke isn't the best team in the country? They are. Really they're the good. overall number one seed. Well, for, going into the weekend, Steve, remember they were not a lock for no, a number one seed. No, but and when, now they're the number one overall. When they beat Carolina, you know that got that them. That really that got them emotion. into the number one uh, seed for sure. But then you know when they won the tournament, that just that solidified it because when you look at it, three of the four number ones are from the ACC. Now Virginia. You know, they're always an enigma to me. You, you look back at you know they got that stain of last year losing to a sixteen. Well, I will be
2: willing to go on the record and stake my reputation that they won't lose to the
1: sixteen Gardner Webb this I, year. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't have them in the they're the one number one that I do not have in the final four. I just sometimes they don't score very much, and the team I really like in their bracket. I love Tennessee. Tennessee's very fun to I, watch. I love Tennessee. Uh, you know, KU beat them early in the year. I guarantee if they play now, Tennessee's probably 10 points better than KU. And then you look at the other, uh, number one, Carolina. You know, they own two wins over Duke. Um, you know, they had a great chance to make it three. three. Yeah, they almost did. Yeah, and they had Zion. So, uh, Carolina's been really good all year. So, I think they got it right. Uh, the only team that could maybe gripe, Kentucky. But... Yeah, I've watched Kentucky. They're okay. They don't. They can't shoot it from outside at all. They're big up front. They crash the boards. They play pretty good defense. Michigan State had some complaints. And, I know they weren't. Yeah, real and Michigan State. I tell you what, when they get to this time of year, a lot of years they weren't that good. But I picked them to make the Final Four because of the Izzo factor. He finds a way to get them in. And uh, let's see who are they in with. They are in with, with Duke. Well, they're in with Duke. So that and per-
2: that's why a lot of Michigan State fans are not happy because well, they're to in me, theory, the number five. To me, when you look team. at the
1: number twos, I'm surprised Michigan State wasn't in with Gonzaga. Right. I thought those two should have been grouped. Uh, Michigan State and Duke. That mean what that means is they're thinking Michigan State is the worst of the number twos, and there is no way. There is no way. Now I like Tennessee, but Michigan. You know they've already beat they beat Michigan yesterday, and who's the other number two? Kentucky. Um, Kentucky. I mean, I'm 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 not that sold on Kentucky. What's interesting to me is you know how everybody just railed against Kentucky about being one and done university. Well, they don't even have that title to themselves. Duke is one and done university now.
2: They are one and done for sure. Yeah. Steve. Our next point here that we haven't even addressed it yet at all the fa- the Seeding for KU and K-State, both of them falling to the number 4 line. We thought going into the weekend, if K-State was able to win the Big 12 tournament, that I thought they would jump up to a 3, which I think probably would have brought Texas Tech back to a 4. But because K-State did not win, and because KU did not win the Big 12, we knew if they didn't win it, there was no chance that they would be a 3. And I I thought it would be a stretch either way. I think
1: KU should thank their lucky stars or even a 4. But the thing KU did... This year, I believe I saw a stat. They either played the most teams that are in the national tournament of any school. They they all their game you know, you know, when you all their games up, they played more teams in the tournament than any other team in the field. like twenty some twenty. Arizona other,
2: State, Wofford, yeah. a lot of those yeah. mid well, Arizona State's not a mid major, but Wofford was one of those teams yeah. that is very highly regarded. They played a lot of very talented teams. What do you think of the two draws for KU and K State. KU the number four seed in the Midwest region, which means the number one is North Carolina. Right. The number five is Auburn. But the thing is,
1: if KU wins two games, they play Carolina in Kansas City, which would be a great asset for them. Do you think that is
2: unfair? Because I've seen a lot of especially K State reaction saying, How unbelievable is it that KU didn't even win the Big Twelve? They didn't even finish second. They didn't even win the conference tournament, but they have a chance to playing the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, essentially at home. Are fair you point. okay with that?
1: Well, I think K-State fans have a fair Do point. Do you think it should have been K-State that should have been rewarded with that? Could have been. Yes, it could have been. And we don't know about Dean Wade. There were reports that he's definitely out. Now there's reports, you know, not playing till Friday. He might be able to play. But it was interesting. I was watching all the talking heads last night. K-State is one of the teams that they're all saying is going to go out in the first round. They think this UC Irvine. They have 30 wins. They have 30 wins. The Anteaters. Yeah, they used to have a seven foot seven center one time, I know. Those were the for, good old days. Yeah, the good old days. But I think K-State wins their first one. And then it uh, looks like, who would they play? Villanova. No, no, no. Wisconsin or Oregon. Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And Oregon right now, Dana Altman, of course, former K-State coach. Oh, yeah. Right now, Oregon is is one of the hottest teams in the country. They were terrible for half the season, but they've caught fire.
2: And Wisconsin has been a very strange team
1: this year. And they're not playing very well. So I I like K-State to win their first one. I think a lot of people are kind of overreacting a little bit on K-State. But, you know, there's going to be some top seeds. It wouldn't be the NCAA tournament if some of the top seeds, you know, say the threes and fours didn't go down in the first round. That's just the way it happens. Of course, the 5-12, you know, the 12 often beats the five, it seems like. And also in the 7-10, you see a lot of tens that beat sevens. Steve, what do you think about your Jayhawks in their draw, being the number 4
2: seed in the Midwest, drawing Northeastern first out of the Colonial Athletic Conference, and then, if they win that, playing either Auburn, who was lights out the entire SEC tournament and is a very scary team against New Mexico State, who has been one of the best
1: teams and see, there's, out West. That's another one of the teams, New Mexico State. A lot of people are have jumped on their bandwagon. Why? I think KU... The way the season's gone, they win the first one. They'll probably get beat in the second round. But North, this Northeastern team they're playing, they live and die by the three, and that's what scares me. They could have one of those games where they hit about 10 threes in the first half. KU typically in their first game of the NCAA tournament always plays bad in the first half, and this team doesn't have that margin of error this year. They're not talented enough to get down 12 at the half and come back. So, you know, I think they'll win one and then be done. K-State, on the other hand, I could see them winning two, and then they're through. And then Texas Tech is staying on the Big 12. Texas Tech, I think, could make the Elite Eight just because how well they play defensively. Iowa State, you know, I picked Iowa State, you know, on Friday to win the Big 12 tournament. I said they beat K-State, beat KU. They don't have a big guy inside. And then Baylor and Oklahoma are just thanking their lucky stars they even got in. Were you surprised
2: that Texas and TCU out of the Big Twelve did not make it?
1: Texas was five hundred. I'm sorry. I don't see well, I knew that they were French teams. I know they had it, you know, I know they had some good wins, but come on, they lost sixteen games. And that water to me that waters down. TCU, they were just up and down all year. Uh, they were one of the first four out, I believe, on Joey Brackett's uh, so did you like the way it worked out by conference though were, were there any yeah. surprises to I'll, you to me there's a lot more teams that you would not expect make the tournament that to have in the past there's being more credence going to uh, mid majors I know my buddy Travis Doyle he doesn't like the mid majors he's a you know power five guy but uh, there's a lot of you know a lot there's of a te- lot of at large bids for a mid-majors. lot of at large bids you just go UCF you know you look at Liberty. I know some of those teams made up Belmont. Temple. Yeah, but the
2: American Athletic Conference is not really a mid-major.
1: Yeah, fairly ridiculous. Guy, or fairly Dickinson got in. <laughs> um, we call them fairly ridiculous because we played it when at KU when I was there. Belmont was a big one because they lost to Murray State, and Murray State has been really, really good this year. And they got maybe the number two draft pick in the country. Uh, what's the guy's name? Jaw. Jaw Morant. Jaw Morant, and they're going to play somebody who is Belmont, or I'm not sorry, not Belmont. The team that. He plays for that jaw. Murray State. And they have somebody, they have Marquette, which has the, Marcus Howard. Yes. So you got the two highest scoring guards in the country facing off in the first round. Were you surprised that it was just six teams out of the Big 12? No. No. I thought that was about right. I, I When they were saying eight, I'm going, man, what are you smoking? <laughs> I really did. They didn't. This was not a year for eight teams to get in. No way. I am not a person
2: that puts a ton of stock into what a conference was based off of the NCAA tournament because I lo- I think a lot of it comes down to matchups and sometimes these teams that have been pretty good might get matched up with a really good mid major team or a six and eleven game that is a that's just a tough tough matchup. I don't put a ton of stock into it, but I really thought the Big Twelve was average this yeah, year. I did. I didn't think it was very good. And, and I know that there are all these analytics every year that say, oh, the Big 12's the best. KU plays the toughest strength of schedule. Iowa State's so good. Texas Tech. But I'm just not, I have not been no, sold on the Big 12 not. for a while.
1: And getting back to one other thing, I, one point I didn't make, you look at the bracket this year, how many years have we had like 10, 12, 10, 13, 13, 14, 13, 15 losses? For teams in the tournament, you haven't seen very many years where you you have so many teams with double digit losses. Here's eleven. Because the Pac twelve is bringing everybody. Eleven, down. twelve, thirteen, ten, twelve, eleven, eleven, ten, fifteen, eleven, fourteen, thirteen. That's in the west, wet in the the western half of the side of the country. It's a lot of losses. That's a lot of
2: losses. I am. I'm looking at this bracket, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on this week too. But I don't know if I see. A really upset, heavy tournament this year.
1: Well, I wrote. It. I don't know if I see. It. I wrote in my column. You might see some seven, ten things, but I think when it comes down, when you get down to the nuts and bolts, you're going to see a lot of one seeds and two seeds. I really I think believe. it will be chalk. I, I really believe it. I really believe there's about eight teams, only eight teams, that are, logist, are legitimately can win. I really believe that.
2: Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back. I want to dive into the Tyree Hill situation that popped up on Friday afternoon and get your thoughts on that with the investigation ongoing with him. We'll take a break. and we'll be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by...
2: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, there were a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans that I was surrounded by on Friday night that were a little bit nervous about the recent situation that has popped up within the organization. And for those of you that might still be trying to get caught up to speed, on Friday afternoon, the Kansas City Star and several other locations and publications were reporting about an incident that they believed involved Tyreek Hill, Chiefs wide receiver, who, of course, to preface all of this, began his NFL career on an interesting note by being drafted by the Chiefs after being involved in a domestic violence dispute while he was in college at Oklahoma State, which resulted in him having to transfer and go to West Alabama, then come out of West Alabama to the NFL. So Tyreek Hill has been in this deep water before. And then reports started to circulate on Friday afternoon that he was involved in another domestic violence dispute. Instead, this time it was not with his fiancée or it might have been girlfriend at the time of the Oklahoma State incident, but this time involving his three-year-old son. So there's been a lot of speculation, but not a whole lot of answers. The things that we do know is that this was reported. Other than that, we don't know a whole lot else. I've seen some copies of the police reports. I don't know what you've been able to find online, Steve, but there is a lot of confusion. There are a lot of questions because, frankly, we don't know what happened yet. We don't know if he was 100% there. There are a lot of people saying he wasn't even in the state when this incident happened. They were saying he was out in California. So, number one is we don't know. Is that what you have come to conclude after these first three days of madness? Yeah, I mean...
1: You know these things are reported. You got to get all the facts in, but for one thing, it's not good for the Chiefs. They just dealt with the Kareem Hunt thing. They set a precedent with Kareem Hunt, and boy, if they followed, if what's good for Kareem Hunt has to be good for Tyreek Hill, and if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm very nervous if you know these allegations prove to be true. Now, if these allegations are true, we'll go
2: through both scenarios here. If these allegations are true, and it is confirmed that Tyree Kill is involved in a domestic dispute at home, which involved child abuse. Number one, I think there are a lot of people that would rank on their list of priority and, and what is worse, the abuse of a child, to be a whole lot worse than what we saw with the Kareem Hunt incident oh, yeah. back in October, whatever month that was. Definitely. So, not only could this be very bad for Tyree Kill in terms of his employment with the Chiefs, I think it could be very bad for his employment with any NFL team, again, considering what happened to him to begin his NFL career and what happened to him in college. But number two, if this is as serious as it is beginning to sound with a child and with a lot of the reports saying that the child broke his arm right, and that it was broken in this domestic dispute. right, And if that is the case, Tyree Kill might be in some actual legal trouble, right. not just in terms of the NFL, that this could come down to child abuse and all sorts of laws that, that go on with that and that he might be in serious criminal trouble in terms of maybe going to jail. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but if this is true, then it is not going to be good for Tyree Kill. But let's look at it from the opposite side. What if this is not true? True. What if what if these reports are just false? Nobody, they read into it a little bit wrong, because there's been a lot of things I've read that have been misleading. And there are a lot of people that are confused either way. So what happens if this is not true? Because there have been a lot of bad things spread. Let's say the severity did not necessarily include him. That it wasn't him, but that he was involved in this. That he was there. What do the Chiefs do? Because he's already been involved with this process before. He's already been in trouble. Do they just have a stern talking to him? Do they try and make another statement? What do you think they would do if they found out? Yeah, he was around, but it wasn't necessarily him that broke the armor, was responsible for everything. What what well, would you say it, the Chiefs do? It's,
1: it's just hard to say. I mean, all the facts have to come in, and, and that's what I'm waiting on too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just don't think you can really speculate because um, some of the times these reports are overblown, but boy, let's hope that let's hope they are overblown. Let's hope nothing happened to the child, first of all. Right. And well, t- something happened. Tyreek Hill has to know the microscope he's under, and he's done a pretty good job, you know, since he got drafted of keeping his nose clean for the most part. I mean, you you know, sometimes he gets a little loud and body a little bit, but but you know, he's done a pretty decent job of not getting in serious trouble. But God, what is it with these guys? Can they just not figure it out? Why? Why is there always domestic violence or hitting? Or I don't understand that. I was not raised that way, and and you, you, I, I would think most kids that grow up are not raised. All kids are not raised that way, but what happens? Well, I think to there it? are certainly some that are. Yeah, but you know what happens? I just these. You know why would you want to just throw your career away? That's what I'm saying. It is a bit alarming at the rate that things
2: like this have begun to happen, and. The most comparable case to this was Adrian Peterson. With his situation with his kid, what was that, about five years ago, four years ago? Do you know which one I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Where he he was, I mean, this went to real court in terms of him spanking his child. I think it was with a switch from the backyard Mm -hmm. and leaving marks, and they were calling it child abuse. This takes it to another level because this was a full-on... Broken arm injury. Alleged. Right. But that's what a lot of this is saying. Where the Adrian Peterson situation was simply just the assault and it happening and I think leaving some marks. But this is, if this is true, another step in this. And that this is a full-on real injury that is of serious damage. And that's, I think, the most comparable incident to this because this is not the same as Ray Rice or... Kareem Hunt, or it's not the same as that because it involves a child. So I just don't know what's going to happen yet, and I'm going to hold off making a lot of predictions until we find out the whole story, right. which I believe will happen at some point this week.
1: Oh, i would got to think in this day and age of social media and reporters and, and you know journalists, it's next couple of days we should know some. So, Steve, the question is,
2: if all of the allegations were true... Would you be surprised if Tyreek Hill was banned for life from the NFL or e- even a situation where no team would pick him up?
1: I don't think banned for life will happen. I you know. So
2: you would be surprised if that happened? If he
1: got banned for life, I would be surprised. But Kareem Hunt got 8 games, you know, in his I could see Tyreek Hill getting a, uh 8 games, something like that.
2: But this would be a Second time offender. Right, right, second strike. From a very serious offense in his first one. So I think it would be much more severe. I, I, don't, I don't think it would just be an eight-game slap on the wrist. I think this would be a very serious punishment and a very serious suspension, if not a very long suspension. Steve, we'll take our final break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
1: Steve, I know that you are a bracket master in terms of your predictions. People have told me whatever I pick, they go the other way and they get very rich. Be calling that fading your picks. Yeah. Fading Steve Sell. Yeah. Well,
2: now everybody has a chance to go up against Steve and myself with our According to Jim bracket Challenge like we did last year. Are you excited about it, Steve? Because I, I don't think you did very well last year. I don't
1: think I did. I haven't filled mine out yet, though.
2: Well, you have three more days, fortunately, until right. Thursday. Right. But there is a link up on our website, midkansasonline.com. It will redirect you to the ESPN Tournament Challenge website where you will be able to sign up and be able to participate in our bracket challenge, compete against me, compete against Steve. I think Coach Strathman is already in this. My mother was in it last year. Tracy. My dad won it. Okay, that's right. Very smart man, of course. Yeah, smart man. So we're excited about that. Do you have any methods to your madness? How do you go about picking your bracket?
1: I pick a lot of ones, twos. I really. You're do. just chalky. Yeah, I'm pretty chalky, but uh, it's it's hard to go against a one. If you if you pick four ones, you got to think at least two of them are going to make it. But of course, the the goal is to get all your ones in. The goal is to have a perfect bracket. Well, right, Steve? yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I I think like I say, I think you'll see a lot of movement in the you know the seven ten five twelve four thirteen. You might see a lot of movement Thursday and Friday, but I think when it gets down to crunch time. And when you get down to the Elite Eight, there's going to be a lot of 1s and 2s left. I do my bracket a little goofy. I think I talked about it last year,
2: that I run through a scenario bracket. I run through it, and it's not my official bracket. On Sunday, as soon as I get the brackets, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, then after I've gone through the bracket, seen four different scenarios, Thursday morning, I put together my final bracket, and that's it. Okay. Every year I do the same thing.
1: I'm going to take a little more time doing that. Yeah, I think you should do some I, more research.
2: I, I generally wing it. Yeah, because you, you know all the information anyway. But
1: I need to really kind of, I think on some of the games, I need to take a little stronger, uh, uh, you know, look and not just go with my first thought and and, and kind of, bra- you know, maybe do a little research this time.
2: I think you should do some research. Yeah, You're I, a journalist. I don't like
1: to be embarrassed. No, no, no. I'm, I'm You've embar- never been embarrassed I'm ever. embarrassed enough. So, well, maybe you could get some. You ought to pass some brackets out at the banquet tonight. Well, Steve, instead of doing it on paper and me having to chart
2: it, we're going to send them to this link and they oh, can do it on their okay, own time. Okay.
1: I, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll
2: redirect them
1: that but way. But I think you need to encourage, like, the bus. Oh, well. You know how sharp the bus would been. We'll, we'll be very encouraging. Kyler Hoppus, I got to think, he knows his oh, stuff. Oh, well, he's all over it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sal. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.